We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Grinders today. I'm Jordan Cooper, aka Blender Ed, Blender HD. You're going to follow me on Twitter. It's Monday, November 27th. And you know what we do every Monday. We bring in James McCool. Mondays with McCool, the co author, with me on the Theory of Daily Fantasy Sports 15 hour audio DFS masterclass. You could pick up at theoryofdfs.com. Getting over the Thanksgiving holidays, we had the Thanksgiving slate that I didn't play. And then we had uh, the 10-game slate yesterday that we are going to review. Hit that thumbs-up button. Hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the notification bell to always know when we go live. James, I did fine on FanDuel. Kind of broke even on DraftKings. Yesterday, I mean, you were tweeting it out. It's like, if a player is owned, they probably do well. It's been a brutal year, man. Contrarian players are just getting kicked in the teeth. Uh, it wasn't a super tra- – you, you have to admit, it wasn't like last week where, you know, if you just played like the, the optimal lineup, you came in like top 1% in tournaments. But – No, but really – really To, to be it. fair, I just want to say, outside of Kyron Williams, like I'm bringing up results DB here, but there were a lot of paths to get to like top scores. Like there, it wasn't like 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 we had ownership wise. I'm looking at the the twenty dollar milli. Like Tank Dell put up seventeen points. I mean, it's not like like you needed that. I mean, he didn't bomb or anything. Trey McBride put up thirteen. 
right? Derrick Henry, Isaiah Pacheco, Michael Pittman, you know, in the 20s, Jonathan Taylor in the 20s. Like, it wasn't those types of weeks. Rashad White, Christian Kirk. Like, there weren't that many flame emojis Mm -hmm. in contests. But for the most part, I mean, you you got a decent amount of points out of people that projected well from a mean perspective and were decently owned. Yeah. um, It's just been like this week. No, you did not need the cash lineup, right? That that, that wasn't. But as soon as Justin Watson scores a touchdown at 20% owned, it's like just tilt to another level. Um, And I had a Patrick Mahomes stack with Justin Watson, but like, you know, it, the other pieces just weren't there. It was just, it, it just feels like the last couple weeks have just been like, oh, well, here's the top 20 players in ownership. Take your pick and prepare your winnings, you know? And, and, and it hasn't been, hasn't been a bank, right? Like it's last week, it was legit. If you just played all the highest owned players, you just like won a bunch of money. But over the last couple of weeks, four or five weeks or so, if you just played the top highest owned players, you're probably in contention for a min cash. Like at least, you know, you're placing 20, 20 to 30th percentile or so. Um, and that's kind but of that, but, that, but James, that, that highlights, people think of that as bad. And I don't think right. of it that way. Think of it more in terms of, there's a reason why players are higher owned. It's because right. they do project better because they, based on their price, based on the salary dynamics and the position, the position distribution of the slate makes it so that those, those players get there more often and they should be higher owned. Your job is to make combinations of those players, a mix of those players that is still different enough from the field that you gain relative value from. Right. So the chalk hitting the chalk hitting to whatever extent or not failing is not a bad thing. Right. It's a bad thing. If you like, if you approach a slate and we've talked about this in the theory of daily fantasy sports, right? We, 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 we talk, we, we constantly have these, these conversations about, you know, good chalk and bad chalk type of things. Like it's about over-owned and under-owned. And if you're building lineups, like if you're, if you're, if you're playing, I'm not even talking about the Millie. If you're playing the the spy, the red zone, if you if you open up your lineup after lock and you see like your highest owned player is 12%, that probably means you did something wrong. Yeah. I mean, it really comes, it really comes down to can you have certain players that are lower owned? Sure. But can't just go in going, okay, I'm not gonna play Tank Dell. I'm not gonna play Trey McBride. I'm not going to play Henry or Pacheco. I'm not going to play Michael Pittman. I'm not going to, like, once you start doing this, your projection starts going down so significantly that you're putting yourself, like, way behind in relative value to try to make that up, unless it's a slate where so much wacky stuff happens that, like, my best team in GPP this week was a team that had Isaiah Pacheco, mm-hmm. Trey McBride, mm-hmm. Tank Dell, yep. Michael Pittman, yep. right? 
You know how I got different? I played Derek Carr plus Chris Olave plus Juwan Johnson. Yep. Right? I played the Patriots defense in that lineup. Right? So, like, Derek Carr, this this was in the $100. This was my $100 spy lineup, my 100K spy, my main lineup. Derek Carr was 1% owned, Olave was 4% owned, and Jawan Johnson was 1% owned. Yep. Like, if Olave, if Olave doesn't get concussed and actually hits 40 points, Derek Carr gets there also. And yep. they're both, like, so low owned in combination. Why wouldn't I jam in just whatever the better projected plays? I was higher on Kyron Williams than guys like uh, Jonathan Taylor and Derrick Henry. So I made a conscious effort, even though Kyron Williams for his price projected one or two points lower. I'm like, okay, I'm going to get different with the stack with Kyron Williams. And then just give me the highest projected lineup from that point forward. And I'm good. And if you run the Sims and we have Sim labs here at Roto grinders, which you could try for free. Rotogrinders.com slash Sim labs, especially for tonight's showdown slate in NFL bears, Vikings. The more and more you run Sim Labs just for lineups, like right, let me see what these what what a Derek Carr Olave lineup looks like. Mm-hmm. Let me see a Jawan Johnson lineup looks like. You'll see these constructions. You'll see that the highest rated simulated, you know, when we simulate the contests out, are oh, you're playing someone that's like a two percent owned that has, you know, that's twenty times less owned than this other wide receiver. It's like. Well, yeah, just pair them with Derek Carr and then play, then just play the chalk around it. Yeah. And for that smaller to mid-sized contest, like, like that's it. So, like, I don't when the chalk hits, I'm not, I'm not upset. Even as a contrarian player, it's it's those weeks like last week, James, where all of it hits. Like, because the point is, is that let's say there are a handful of you know six to eight players that are very high owned the perfect scenario is i want four of them to do well right i don't care which four they are i have all eight of them but i just want four of them to do well because then i have the four v fours of the combinations of the four that possibly did well it's when all eight do well it's like well i was never going to make a lineup with an ownership sum of 220 so like (laughs) like God bless you. If I feel free, that's I'm, those those weeks I'm not going to win. But these, but I see people constantly building lineups that have ownership sums of sixty, of fifty, and I go like, dude, you're playing you're playing a Browning, Browning Chase Irv Smith lineup. It's like, dude, you can you can you can play the chalk defense. You can play Isaiah Pacheco in that lineup. You could you. You can play Michael Pittman in that. You can do whatever you want. Like at any time, the fact that you're losing projection, you're not gaining anything. Because what ends up happening is that if you win with that low ownership, sum lineup, you win the contest by like 40 points and you're getting extra relative value that you don't even, you didn't even need. Like just do what exactly what you need to get to first place, anything past that. And that's why I'm James, I'm focusing on like the, the smaller mid-size contests, like the 1,000 to 5,000 entry contest, because once we start talking about the million, 100,000, 200,000 entries, then the case for making lower ownership, some lineups gets a little bit better and better. Yeah. But we've seen, I mean, we see that 
you don't even you don't even need that really but i just want to make it around those the stuff that we kind of focus on like the spies and the power suites and stuff that people galaxy brain themselves off of like like dude yeah if this hits yeah you're right you do win but you probably would have won with the chalk piece in there also like you're not you're not gaining as much as you think so what was your approach uh in gpps this week and then we'll start talking about like you know some surprises in ownership because i think i think i was off on a bunch of stuff yeah everybody was um yeah i i agreed that the chalk was good on my saturday stream i had mentioned like going over what the projected chalk was um a lot of it made sense the only pieces that didn't were really george pickens um who i thought was looking like really bad chalk on saturday he ended up not being popular i think at all um, but he was projecting for like 15% owned or something on Saturday. And so um, with that, he looked like really bad chalk. He ended up coming in under that. That was great. Um, and then I thought the Trey McBride was projecting way too high for his price. So he's not, he's not underpriced anymore. He was, he was priced appropriately, 4,700. You're not getting a really big value discount on him. Um, and I thought that he was too highly owned to be played outside of an Arizona stack. So I thought the chalk was good. Overall, um, I did not expect Kyron Williams to be 18% owned, uh, but, you know, that shifted a lot of different things. Um, overall, I went with a Buffalo stack, a Kansas City stack, and an Arizona stack. I did use Trey McBride in the Arizona stack. Brought it back with Puka Nakua, who, you know, the Rams put up 37 real-life points. Puka Nakua probably did really, really well. He didn't do really well. Uh, what, 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 is it, what, is it, what does it say, James, where if you saw the stat line for the Rams game and you saw Stafford through for almost 300 yards and three touchdowns and you go one, one oh, of Puka or Cooper gets there. Right, right. right. And you look at the scores and you're like Justin Watson on one target and one catch outscored both Cup and Puka Nakua. Giga <laughs> tilt, dude. Um, so overall, I, I, I was on a lot of like the high on pieces and. And this is where my tilt comes from right now. Cause I'm just on the coldest of cold streaks that could possibly happen. Right. Like I'm just, I'm just bleeding money in anything that I do right now. Um, I was my, my lineup for my, uh, my, let's see. Here's my Arizona stack. So in my Arizona stack, I had Derek Henry. I had Greg Dortch who for whatever reason was 15% owned. I had Trey McBride at 36% owned. I had Rashid Shahid. And then I had I, I had a bunch of Shahid also, and he got obviously yeah. all my. I had a bunch. The Saints were my highest owned. Like I had a bunch of Olave, I like Shahid. I I had a bunch of the Saints, and then I'm watching Red Zone and looking on Twitter, and like it seemed like every half an hour, someone from the Saints <laughs> game. Every, everyone in my lineup is getting injured. It's just like Olave's headed to the medical tent. Shahid is doubtful. Jawan Johnson was injured for a couple of plays, and I'm like, who the hell is who the hell is catching the ball? What the hell is going on? And then, that's, and then just beating Kamara at that point. Yeah. So I, I was on a lot of the higher owned pieces. I mix and match quite a few different other higher owned pieces. I was on Buffalo, which was a, a pretty chalky spot to be on. Yeah. Um, did you and, think, did, no, no, no. Did you think Diggs was going to be 18% owned? Diggs no. was twice. Diggs was twice as owned as AJ Brown. Yeah. That was silly. Um, I, I thought the people were going to be on the Philadelphia side, but. But, okay, yeah, I had Diggs projected at 9% owned. He came in twice as high owned as I thought he would. Um, 
so Khalil, when Khalil Shakir came in at Khalil Shakir was one, two, three, four, five, six, the seventh highest owned wide receiver. Yeah. Well, when I was doing my content, when I like on the video, I didn't really put much thought into it. But after I started writing for, for my morning Sunday article, like the price discrepancy between stacking the main Philadelphia stack and stacking with Buffalo just made it so hard to stack Philadelphia. And I should have considered that more. Um, I did like the Buffalo side overall. I had Buffalo projected higher than Philadelphia by like point or something like that for their main stack. So with, with the price drop and everything like that, I should have considered that a little bit more, but I liked the Buffalo side more anyway. Um, I was never really going to go with AJ Brown anyway, but if I had known that AJ Brown was going to be 10% owned and Diggs was going to be 19% owned, I probably would have considered AJ Brown more. In the chat, Michael Dampier asks, has any idea of people using Sims more put them on the Diggs type of players? For those that do, yes. I think when you're looking at the at the at the Millie with 177,000 entries. The amount of people that are are doing that type of process is is minimal in comparison. I think it's more due to the fact that that was clearly like just from an implied point total, like yeah. that was the game of the week. And when typically casual players are like, "What's the highest total game? How do I play it?" And it's to play the Hertz side is just you plug in Hertz and you go, "What do I?" Brown, Smith, and and I have no salary left. Right, like and that yeah, no one's gonna play Jack Stoll. No one's I mean, gonna take was, a shot on Zacchaeus or Julio Jones. K. It was 25k to stack Philadelphia. Right. Like half your salary. What do you what I couldn't even build lineups with it. But that's the main rate. But I don't but Sims would show you that also. Yeah. But I think if you plugged in the actual ownership of Diggs and Shakir and Kincaid and Davis. Like the ownership with the relative value of these lineups became much, much lower than yeah. what was expected. But I think I think from the Millie perspective, it's more of, oh, high total, gotta play it. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's a that's a lot of what what the the large field contests are like. But on the on the running back side, I was I mean that's I had Jonathan Taylor as the yeah. highest owned running back. Uh pre-lock like my my running back ownership i had jonathan taylor coming in as number one derrick henry number two pacheco number three and then rashad white number four and i was looking to play a bunch of ramondre stevenson he came in around what i thought he was going to be somewhere in the the, the 12 percent range uh i thought uh james connor would be higher on than four percent i i had him at 10 but Jalen Jalen Warren was someone I was considering. At I thought he was going to come in at ten percent owned. Good thing for me that I just cut him off my list because I was playing more Ramondre lineups. That I just said, okay, I'm not going to play Jalen Warren, even though I think he's under owned at ten percent. Jalen Warren came in at twenty two percent owned. Yeah, and Derrick Henry came in at twenty seven percent owned. I thought that's where Jonathan Taylor was going to be. It, tur- it turns out that I pl- I ended up playing six out of 12 lineups with Jonathan Taylor and two out of 12 with Derrick Henry. And that was the proper way to do it, even though I predicted Jonathan Taylor. I thought Henry and Taylor would have their ownership swapped. Yeah. Taylor would be 27 and uh, Henry would be 
19. And I think this is a byproduct, James. We take a look. I think it's a byproduct of Pittman and Downs being more owned. I had Pittman at 20%, but I didn't have I had Downs at 10%. And once you start jamming in Pittman and Downs, like most people aren't playing three guys from the same game without like Minshew in the lineup. So I think it just came down to people were more were happier to play the Colts receivers and not the running back when there are other running back options on the slate. I I don't know what happened with ownership this week. Um, I was talking about it with uh, with Eric Haver on Twitter. Like I th- this week ownership projections were so usually ownership projections are kind of like uh, we measure R two and we measure deviations a bit. But like if you what you want to be directionally accurate with ownership projections, uh, and usually we are. Like usually Roto Grinders is, usually I am over at Pater, usually ETR is fine. Like usually we're direct, directionally accurate, and then you're just kind of fighting over where the variance lies to be better. Um, this week, but J- Jonathan Taylor was projected as the highest owner running back. I can't remember the last time the highest own the highest projection on ownership was the fifth highest owned player on the slate. Right. Typically they're they're more it, you yeah. have you have someone that you project for 26%, they come in at like 40. Yeah, like, well, okay, because we, we've talked about this before. How I do ownership is I do it on a, on kind of like a logarithmic scale. Like the highest owned player is going to be a little bit higher owned, and then players that are underneath what you call kind of like the Mendoza line for ownership, those guys drop out in ownership typically. And then the guys in the middle are kind of where they are, right? Not this time. Um, Derek Henry, when we flipped the cars and I saw that Derek Henry is 30% owned, I was like, well, I made mistakes today. Like I was fine. I said it in content. I was fine with Derek Henry at 10 to 15% owned, but I never like playing him right now when he's chalk and he comes in as, as the highest owned running back um, in, in the contest. Take, that a look, that, take that on, on that, on that regard, not to interrupt you. I want to yeah. show in results DB, which you could obviously use for free at Roto Grinders, rotogrinders.com slash results DB. Here's the 555 mil. So this yeah. is a 5,000 entry contest, $555 entry fee. Look at the running back ownership here Taylor, 35%, Pacheco, 27%, Henry, 22%, Rashad White, 21%, Ramondre Stevenson, 20%, Jalen Warren, 18%, Kyron Williams, 15%. You need to take a that look at way what way more sense. And look at wide receiver. Tank Dell, much 22%, not 32%. Justin Watson is higher than in the Millie at 22 versus 13, right? We have Diggs still come. I mean, people still play Diggs here. Still, people still played Evans, right? A lot more on Olave. Olave's ownership in the 555 is twice as much as in the Millie, right? So you take a look at all of this. You take a look at, at tight end. Trey McBride, higher owned. And even at quarterback, Josh Allen, Trevor Lawrence, Gardner Minshew. C.J. Stroud was 8% owned as a stack in the 555, yet he was the highest owned quarterback in the Millie. 18% here. So there's a dramatic difference between the two contests. And the ownership that I was working off of, and obviously I change, I manually change, mimicked more of what this looked like. Yeah. Right. But the thing is, I tend to play these size contests. Right. So I'm I'm not playing, you know, like me, I'm focused on one thousand to five thousand entry field contests. 
not 177,000 field contests. So actually, when looking at my lineups through this lens of the 555, I look at my lineups and I go, okay, it's kind of what I wanted to do. And like, I didn't play much of Justin Watson. I played more of Josh Downs. And talk mm-hmm. about a tilt with Josh Downs. Uh, yeah, Justin I have Watson, to. Justin, Justin Watson has one target, one catch, one touchdown, 7.3 points. If you told me that Josh Downs had got 13 targets in this game, he got less. I, I have you ever seen this? I was we were talking on the Gilcast. By the way, I was guested on the Gilcast. Go go, go to the podcast feed for uh for Roto Grinders uh, fantasy football or the Sports Grid fantasy football feed. I was on with Justin Herzig and Davis and and Nate. Uh, I think Davis brought it up. This may be the first time I've ever seen a player have. Less fantasy points than targets. Ugh. To have that, like, to have 13 targets and 9.3 points. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Is, is one hell of a feat. Right. Well, a lot and, of this stuff was uncatchable, though. I mean, yes, I get it. Yeah. And he got tackled at the five. Right. And then Minshew missed him in the red zone or like right. in the end zone. He missed him for a touchdown in the end zone. Yeah. Josh was- Downs could Josh Downs could have put up 30 plus points on this one. Yeah. Easily. Very, very easily. Uh, super, super tilting stuff. Um, my, my biggest tilt of the week is actually Adam Thielen, who came in. I, I, Locked oh, you in. Played, you played Carolina Panthers on the slate. I played Adam Thielen on this slate against Derrick Henry as a two. Okay. Uh, because if Derrick Henry, so if Derrick Henry is going to be doing well, he has some of the highest win loss splits of any player. Mm-hmm. So if Tennessee is going to be leading, which I assume they would, Derrick Henry is going to be doing the work, which I assume that he would. That part worked out fine. Adam Thielen comes in at 5% owned, coming off another 11-target game. One catch for two yards. Yeah, well, one, that's what happens. It's the Panthers. They just, fired, they just fired their coach. He has had the best workload of any wide receiver in the league sans Tyreek Hill. And then in this game, where he's 5% owned, appropriately priced, Derrick Henry is giga chalk. He puts up one catch. For two yards. That's my tilt of the week. That's so dumb. It's so dumb to have that happen when he's like 
He's been so consistent. He gets so many targets. This week, I think he got three targets. John Marino has a thesis about why the Bills were much higher on than we expected. Casuals double count matchups. Everyone knows Philadelphia is a pass funnel and the highest game total, so they jam the Bills. Same reason JT came in much lower on because people have the perception of uh, of Tampa Bay's run defense. I want to say yes and no to that. I th- I do think that casuals double count this kind of stuff. I totally agree with that. And people will be on top of something and then they'll be confirmed into something and, you know, the, you know, priors, all that kind of stuff. But um, we don't typically see such drastic changes when it comes to things like running back. I'll give you Buffalo. I'll say Buffalo. It makes sense because highest game total. It's like the game. It's probably the best game on the slate, whatever. Um, but the Jonathan Taylor thing, I mean, people have been playing running backs against Sam Bay all year. Like it, it hasn't stopped them basically at all this year. So I, I'll push back on that a little bit. Also, people look at the Panthers defense and go, well, run people have run all over them. I mean, yeah. but that's the reason why, but we're talking about things that are already in the projections. It's not like, right. it's like, like the thing is like, uh, Donnie Watson says, the, the JT ownership may have just been a product of I know better, right? I know ball because of the Tampa Bay run defense, even though the projection said to play Jonathan Taylor. Like Jonathan Taylor was the highest raw point projected running back on the slate. Yeah. Right? At his price. Uh, and then we find out that maybe if we knew the workload, maybe he shouldn't have been. But we, on a two-game sample size, it seemed like JT was going to be like 80% you know, 80% of the work, and then they just go back to, like, oh, at halftime, Jonathan Taylor has four carries. <laughs> yeah. And, and a touchdown, and then it's like, okay, we get bailed out. Like, basically, he got the most efficient 21 points that you'll see from a running back that I think only touched the ball, what, 13 times or something? Yeah. Yeah, and, and that's – you know, that's, it's going to happen. It's just, if a, if a player is the highest owned player on the slate, he's going to do well in NFL this year. So you just have to expect that you can always lock the highest owned player. Um, Cause they get there on efficiency. Um, one question that, that was from Defic: should we avoid players like Demario Douglas and DPPs projects? Well, that has a 1.5 ceiling. Should you look at ceiling someone evaluating lineups? I think that, um, <sighs> Blender, you you typically avoid guys like that, right, Demario Douglas? Uh, uh, what what's what? Let's get let's get back to macro concepts. Yeah, lineups, not players. No, no, but not, this, this is, no, no, no. This this is more of a question about a specific player, though. And I know that you, especially in cash, you will avoid right. cheap wide receivers that don't have a great workload. So your your well, opinion Jared Douglas on has a great workload. He's fine. So so that's what he's asking. That's what he's asking. No, I would prefer I if given the choice at the same ownership. So if we if we make a constant and say here are players that are similarly owned, similarly correlated to your lineup, similarly everything, I would prefer to play Rashid Shahid over Demarius. Like it's it's okay. Shahid was forty three hundred, Douglas was forty four hundred, I believe. I had a lot. I had I I I think I had Demarius Douglas in one lineup, but. I preferred to play Shahid, even though their their projection was similar. I guess it was close enough because Sh- Shahid's much more likely to get bailed out on a long touchdown pass than Douglas is. That's given everything being equal. But there are lineups where where 
Demario Douglas is still is still fine in in your lineup. I mean, it's like a I I wouldn't play like. I was playing a bunch. The reason why I didn't play much of Demarius Douglas in my 12 lineups is because I was playing way more of Ramondre Stevenson. And Stevenson plus Douglas is probably not a very good combination from a heuristic standpoint. Based no, on their... They're only scoring one touchdown each week. So that's... that's well, well that... Well, true. That's one thing. But their, 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 their root participation is similar. Like typically if I'm playing a running back plus wide receiver combination in my lineups, I'm playing the guy, like I'm playing the, the low, the, the high a dot guy, not the low a dot guy. Cause the low a dot guy is basically getting the workload from the running back. Right. So like if you, if you're going to play, like if you're going to play the slot receiver of a team, I don't want to play the guy, the running back that catches Pat, like Godwin plus Rashad white is a, is a combination. I'm less likely to play than White plus Evans, right? Because the types of passes that Rashad White gets are the passes that are at six yards from the line of scrimmage, which is what Godwin gets typically. Right. So Godwin needs more yards after the catch. Like Now, obviously, this is just a heuristic. Depending on the lineup, you tell me Rashid Shahid is 97% owned and, and Demario Douglas is 3% owned. I'm playing Demario Douglas in every lineup and never playing Shahid. Even though, well, Shahid's profile is he could, yeah. I said, if everything was equal. And in DFS, you rarely get the situation where everything where everything is equal, right? I, I, will, give, I will give a more straightforward answer uh, that does not require a lot of heuristics because uh, I think that it's good to have two sides of this. Um, when you think about, so typically when I think about uh, how, cheap wide receivers specifically, I try to think about what what do they really have to do to kill me, like if they're going to be popular specifically. So a cheap, or like Justin like, Watson. I, I I looked at Justin Watson and said, do I have to play this guy? What is what? How does he kill? Like he got seven points, right? And we're, we 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 were tilted over seven points that didn't mean anything. Like right. what is even if Justin Watson cost caught another touchdown and scored thirteen or fourteen points, he probably still you could have kill still you. built lineups that didn't need him. So like I I do. Do I care? Like Rich, so that's someone, that's kind a of cheap, my a answer. cheap guy that could that, that could catch, uh, have a line of three eighty two. That's a guy I'm much more scared of than the guy yeah. that catches three. Wandell Robinson shock. I'm never afraid. Of. Right. Yeah. I, and I did that same thing with Rondell with Wandell Robinson earlier in the year when he was shocked. It was like, what exactly? Like, what's the best case scenario for Wandell Robinson? It's like eight catches for 40 yards and no touchdowns. Even if he catches a touchdown, like he probably still doesn't kill me at 4K. Um, So I think that's really the the better way to think about it when it comes to high-owned cheap wide receivers. When it's low-owned, low-owned, you can get a lot more, you know, kind of throw it to the wind. You know, you find a high ADOT guy like Rashid Shahid or something like that and and just go for it if he's going to be low-owned. If they're going to be high-owned, that's when you need to start to think about kind of can this player kill me one way or another? And a lot of the way of me saying this comes from having limited lineups. Uh, If you have like three to five lineups, that's how I like to think about things. If you have a full portfolio, it goes way more into what Blender said where there are going to be lineups that make a lot of sense utilizing even high-owned cheap wide receivers just because you can make it work or the correlation works. Like I used Justin Watson with Patrick Mahomes, who was only 6% owned, you know, 
things like that make a lot more sense. You have to think about that more when you have a portfolio. When you have one, two, three, four lineups or whatever, just think about if what do they need to do to kill you? Can they can I really kill you with an expected workload? If not, you're probably fine not playing. Right. If Demario Douglas was chalky, I'd be like, oh, okay. Like, yeah. how, 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 is he going to kill me that much? No. No. Well, he was projected to be relatively highly out. He's projected for like 15% out. He didn't come in at 15, though. I don't he think so. In, no. This is the 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 regular, the 555. Oh, no, he did. Yeah, he came in. He's right there. Yeah, he came in at 16% out. Yeah. 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 So with, with situations like that, man, I, I just think it's it's mostly it's gonna come down to a lot of how many lineups you're playing, what contests you're playing, you know, all the regular stuff that Blender and I always talk about that people don't listen to, but um it's gonna come down to that stuff. And if you have only a couple lineups, I think it mostly just comes down to can this guy kill me? Um with an expected workload. Uh with with a Patriots wide receiver in any matchup, with a Giants wide receiver in any matchup probably less likely to play them in limited lineups. Right. Or bad or just bad offenses in general. Like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Is the receiver attached to Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi likely to kill me? Right. Or like right. people or people took a shot on Jamar Chase, which I I think sure. is fine. Yeah. Fine. But I'd say it's, it's at his price, I'm like, is a Jake Browning team? Is the Bengals with that low total gonna I'm I'm less I'm less likely to care that much about it i mean it's not like it's not like the bengals are going to be owned or like the steelers what 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 was the the two the two things before we get out of here was uh what was your projection for pat fryer me at 2900 yesterday <laughs> not much man uh i was he came back and barely did he came back from injury and in a bye week and barely did anything and then next thing you know he's like he's he's the number one he's the top target but can he pick I had him checked for like 5.5 or something. <laughs> uh, look, I, I was I basically made the stance, I want to see Kenny Pickett do it before I use any of these guys. Like Matt Cannon getting fired was good. That's right. That guy sucked at play calling. But um, I, I still think that Kenny Pickett probably sucks at playing football. So I'm not going to take shots on any of these guys. I played J- Jalen Warren because he's been able to produce in that offense even without Kenny Pickett doing well. So in that spot, okay, sure, fine. He was overowned to your point earlier. I thought Jalen Warren was overowned at twenty percent owned, but you know, I'll, I'll take a shot there. I'm not touching freaking Pat Firemuth. Uh, twenty, know. you can touch, you can touch any tight end at twenty nine hundred. Yeah, I mean, but on. I'm not on this slate. Like there, there were options on this slate. It's it's different if I'm like having to dumpster dive at tight end like we usually do. This week you didn't have to. You had Dal- Dalton Kincaid was fifty three hundred. He was accessible. You had you had a whole bunch. You had Kate Otten at thirty two hundred. He projected you had, for you had Evan Engram. You had you had re- you had yeah. tight end to play. You had options like what? I'm not going to play Pat freaking Fryermuth on this slate. That's I'm not doing that. I didn't even have I didn't even have a reason to play him as a correlative comeback in, in any way because I'm not playing Cincinnati. Yeah, that, that came at a thirty-two and a half total or something. I mean, like that's I'm not, why I'm I, not playing freaking Matt Fryer move in that game. Anything else? Uh no. This is a, this is a weird week. I did really bad, but I think that it's just because I'm on the worst down streak that I've been on in like three years. So 
I, I think that I played well. It just didn't end up going well. I, I'm getting way more into uh, NBA props because I'm tired of late swaps. So um, I'm now a prop guy. I'm now a, a prop thought leader over at Paydirt. Um, I'm focusing you, you, on that. You see the difference. You see how, how less variance and less stress. I, I'm already done for the day. I already put in all my bets before the show. Like, I'll just react to news now. If LeBron gets ruled out, then my Torian Prince unders are dead. But, you know, then I'll just take some overs somewhere, too. So it's, right. But you it still got time. You, get, you got NHL. You got to get your NHL bets in. I do. Yeah, I have to, I have to get some NHL. Some stuff. college football stuff coming out the midweek or something. You could, there's, always, there's always stuff going on. Yeah. Well, I mean, and I, all I care about, I just care about getting, you know, 600 to 800 bucks down a day. Take my 10% and just walk away. That's fine. Right. Yep. right. We also got NHL DFS. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and, and we'll be covering more of that tomorrow. Tim is going to be on tomorrow. We have a 10 game NHL slate that we'll cover tomorrow. Uh, NBA Grinders Live later today. Crunch time for the NBA slate. Got the pre lock show for Bears Vikings. Uh, Monday Night Football that'll also be on the channel. Always hit that, hit the notification bell, hit the thumbs up button. You'll always know when we go live here on the channel. Sim Labs, check it out for the time. It's you can it's free for the time being, but soon it'll go behind only for premium members. So go to rotogrinders.com/simlabs. Build your showdown lineups. Uh, I think I think they're, they they've come out with some some FanDuel stuff now. Also, we're slowly going to roll out. Sim Labs for FanDuel, for other sports, for more slates. So it'll be, uh, you know, it's it's still in beta. So as we roll out stuff, we'll we'll let you know about it. So uh, so so try that out, James. Where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at paydirt underscore dfs, and then you can find all of my tools over at paydirtdfs.com. Uh, I've introduced a lot of really cool stuff into the game log tools. Um, you can see a lot of like minute oriented stuff. Uh, like minute rotations and stuff like that. That's a new ad, but you can always reach out to me if you have questions about that kind of stuff. You can find me on Twitter. It could be Travis asks about your uh, your downswing. I, I guarantee it's not a $100,000 downswing. No, I'm probably down maybe 15 to 20 over the last like couple months, um, which yeah. sucks. Well, that also comes off a, off a couple of months where you're up twice right where i was up like 60 or whatever so i mean like it's it's the ebbs and flows you know you you have the highs and then you have the lows but uh it never makes the downswings feel any better you know it's it always sucks every single time right if you've if if you've never had a downswing where you're 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 thinking did i just get lucky with all my wins and am i doing some was i just was all of that just positive variance and i just suck and i just do everything wrong like if you have not gotten to the point where you're considering that maybe you've never been good at this at all. Yeah. That means you've never been on a down. That means that you, yeah. you're not, you're, you're not playing seriously. Right. Yeah. Cause you're, you're always going to get to a point where you could have won, you know, seven, eight different GPPs over the past three years and, and oh. have a positive return. And then you go on this like extended downswing, 20, $30,000 or something, at least for me. Yeah. Uh, and you go, Maybe those, maybe all those hundred k, fifty k wins were just like, uh, just dumb luck. No. Maybe I've just been playing bad the whole time. I, I just maybe I don't I'm know. just maybe that was my entire lifetime equity, and now it's just right. downhill from here. I'm not quite right. to that point, but give me two weeks of uh, of continued losses. I'm sure I'll be there in two weeks. 
Okay, so you can follow James on Twitter, Patriot underscore DFS. Me on Twitter, at BlenderHD. Hit that thumbs up button on your way out the door. Give me those thummy thumbs. Hit the notification bell for all the content here. After Thanksgiving, we've still got NFL stuff, NBA stuff, NHL, college football, college basketball, soccer. we got Champions League soccer midweek. Feel free to come by. Check out the projections. Get a Roto-Grinders premium membership. Rotogrinders.com slash premium. Click on that link in the description. Get $10 off your first month. Join us in the Discord. I'm telling you to do everything here. Join us in the Discord. Rotogrinders.com slash Discord. I have a channel in there. I'm going to be doing a Zoom coaching call for, for channel members in my uh, in the premium Discord tomorrow at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. So feel free to join the Discord. Become a premium member and uh, and come by as we, we, we chat about some... Uh, DFS strategy stuff uh, behind the scenes. And uh, yeah, I'll see you tomorrow because we got Tim on for NHL stuff. And uh, and, and I'm here. I'm here for you guys. Monday through Friday, 11 o'clock Eastern, talking about all things you're thinking about. Daily Fantasy, props and pick them on Roto Grinders today. 